May 2023, will the union survive? Will we make it as a nation before then, or will we all perish in the civil war that will start over the all-important, all-consuming issue that is the Little Mermaid live-action Disney remake? I don't know. What do you think, Hugh? Um, I think what's going to happen is uh, the Hoteps will have taken this movie down long before civilization collapses. I think I think that um, uh, the, uh, the 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 toxic and oppressive black men will get one look at Javier Bardem as Ariel's father and um, generic white boy as Prince and uh, pick at every movie theater. Um, replace all of the popcorn with uh, bean snacks and and peanut punch. Um, I think that they will. Uh, they'll even call up the black Hebrew Israelites to start giving like uh, impromptu speeches and preaches uh, on the street corners surrounding the theater, uh, talking about the orig- the original Afro Asiatic black man and how how in the middle of the Caribbean you would never find you'd never find a a, a white king uh, birthing birth, birthing a birthing a mixed breed daughter. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, yeah. like it won't, society won't even have a chance to collapse before it goes. It goes out in one last paroxysm of toxic black male masculinity ruining everything. Did it always take place in the Caribbean? I mean, I, I know I know the lobster has a kind of generic uh, Caribbean yeah, no, accent. Yeah, it takes place in the Caribbean. No, so the original one did as well. No, okay, so yeah, the original, the original Little Mermaid, yeah, it's in the Caribbean. Um, the original story, though, or the original uh, story was, isn't it like a Scandinavian story? Uh, yeah, the original story is uh, Scandinavian. I just didn't even remember if the original Disney movie took place in the Caribbean or, or, yeah, or yeah, what. Yeah, the original movie, Disney movie was in the Caribbean. Okay, all right. Well, you know what? Geo's already here, so we will uh, just jump just jump right to it. I mean, there's not much to uh, talk about. But before we go to Geo's, the general thing I'm going to say is that the premise of this episode is every week, whether it's, um, you know, the She-Hulk or the Kenobi or Rings of Power or, you know, something else, now it's a Little Mermaid, there's always some big culture war over, you know, these battles being fought in big corporate IP. That's that's where the court culture war is. That's where, you know, the nationalists will will rise and fall, you know, in the representation of IP. And I just find it so weird. Um, the one thing I will say before we get moving and go to Geo, this has to be the first one where I think it actually is as big a backlash as they're saying. Because most of these... They just find two or three or four odd people and just exaggerate it. Like I think they're all very exaggerated, you know. Like for even even the original one with um, John Boyega, like I do believe there were always some racist or sexist in the mix. But I always felt like most of it was pretty um, exaggerated as as marketing from Lady Ghostbusters down the line. But this is one where I will say <laughs> I really think. Uh, in Disney's eyes, they've struck pay dirt. They've gotten the actual true grassroots um, tsunami of um, racism that, you know, I think all these corporations are hoping to convince people exist with these with these things. So let's see um, if it pays off for them. Hey, Gio. Hey, what's up, guys? How's it going? 
Oh, it's going, it's going pretty, it's going pretty good. Can't, can't, can't complain. Just yeah. uh, try and stay safe. Yeah, I mean, with yeah, so, yeah. 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 So I do think like the uh, like fish is pretty real. Like I mean, like I've seen like like the weirdest like reasoning for why like a magical fish should be like white. I mean, it's it's kind of stupid, ridiculous, but like it is what it is. Like who cares? Um, like, uh, but like, I mean, but, like, I came to talk about like uh, a regular power. That was my. Uh, that's what I called in. Did, 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 did you guys watch watch the show? How was it? You guys like it? I watched the first episode, and I gotta say, I was really bored. Like, I can't even say it was bad. It was because not enough happened to really it's be, not to bad. me. Yeah, yeah, no, it's not bad. Happened. Yeah, it's not bad. It's like it's not good. Not enough happened to me for it to be good or bad. Like, it's just... The one thing I'll say, it has a lot of that dumb mystery box stuff where you're waiting to find out yeah, what, even, like, what even the mystery is, which is annoying, but... But, yeah, I like, mean, yeah, like, you know that's Gondok, right? Like, like, like that, 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 like, wizard guy is Gondok, right? Like, we know that, right? Like, it's kind of obvious. Yeah. Like, I, or, or is it, like, the other wizard? Like, what's his name? Um, or, or is it Sauron? Like, is, is it Gandalf? Uh, or is it Sauron? Sauron. It's just a bunch of guessing yeah. and clues like and four, putting stuff like together. Five of them, right? Like five of them, there's like five wizards, wizards on Middle Earth, like somewhere, right? Uh, I'm not sure because I didn't get past the first one. I mean, I was. It took me three hours to watch. No, I'm saying in the original book, there's like five wizards of Middle Earth. Oh, in the original. Oh, I'm not a. Uh, Q might know better than me because I'm not a big Lord of the Rings person. Are you good at yeah. the Lord of the Rings yeah. trivia queue? Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm a I'm a Lord of the Rings guy. Uh, yeah. Uh, there's yeah, like, multiple wizards. It wasn't just like Gandalf the Grey and Saruman the White, but it was also like Radagast the Brown. There was a blue wizard also whose name I forget off the top of my head. But yeah, there were multiple. Yeah. So I was gonna say, right? The show isn't isn't bad to me. But like it's, it's it's like a mid tier like CW like fantasy show like if you like see in that lens it's not horrible like it, it, like it 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 it's it, 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 it bad by pacing like it, it's really, it's really bad pacing like I'm pretty sure in episode three they had like this like freeze frame thing they did with like she was like like on a horse like they like just like slowed down the the scene and like freeze frame made of her riding a horse for, like for like two minutes it was kind of crazy it was, just, it was kind of funny funny. And the show, yeah, the show is not horrible. Like if it's like a like a mid tier CW like like story, it's, pretty, it's decent. Like it has good visuals, but it's pretty boring. But like 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 episode four was like was was that episode? And I think episode four, like they're probably they're still in the same like place they were like prior to like the other three episodes. Like like nothing has, has changed. I'm pretty sure, like, if I remember correctly. Uh, I'm not. Hey, I'm not did you watch? I'm not quite sure what you're asking there. No, I said, did you watch all, all four episodes? Oh no, no, no! I, I, I got to the third episode. I had to give myself a little bit of breathing room because yeah, episode three was the best episode, right? I think. Like when we when we talk about this content slog, it, it's no joke. Like this shit is, it's hard to get through. Like all, like what do you mean? I mean, like, like the three episodes, like the first three episodes, or like the whole like watching, um, like TV. Let Let's start with the fact that like the elves are just, just, oh yeah, regular fucking people with pointy ears, right? Like the elves are supposed to be in the Tolkien novels. Uh, like, like 
not just like fair, which is, I know that people are upset with there being like, you know, like elves that are darker than uh, graphing paper, but they're supposed to have like a glow to them. You know, like they're supposed to be like a, like ethereal, like uh, they're, they're supposed to be like otherworldly creatures almost. And they're just people with 20 years that I don't really understand what it is that differentiates them from anybody else. And also that we didn't need an origin story for Gandalf. I just, I'm not clear why I need callbacks to a story that I already know how it finishes. I I understand this is the main conceit for House of the Dragon, which stick a pin in that for a second. I understand that's the main conceit, and that's also a complaint that a lot of people have. But I, I just, I don't think that, there's a. It's very rare that prequels ever get done well, and if they were going to do, like, a previous age from what we know from Lord of the Rings, then just make a complete break. Why do we need? We don't need Galadriel. We don't need Gandalf. We don't need Elrond. Like we, we don't need all this. Like, like a new story. Like a new story. Completely like different. Like a new story. Yes, and the problem is, in the Silmarillion and Children of Horn. There are enough loose ends and avenues for side stories that we didn't have to revisit any of the original Lord of the Rings characters, right? Like, because they I don't talk, think they have the rights. Though, about, right? like, if they wanted to talk about the Easterlings and why the Easterlings had beef with Gondor, it's 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 basically like if it would be an incredible story, I think, to tell a story. Uh, it would be an incredible story to tell from the perspective of the Easterlings. And it would also give the showrunners and writers a very good reason to introduce more diverse characters. But instead of taking a risk on that, which like nothing in Hollywood involves any risk whatsoever, it's just about churning out content, turning out like Easter eggs have basically become like they're no longer Easter eggs because Easter only comes once a year. These are this is just like quotidian meals. This is just like this is boiled peas and carrots. Having having to get a reference to an original work that you liked better, which will always cause you to compare whatever it is you're watching with whatever it is that you liked better before and, and come to the conclusion, yeah, I like that other thing better before. Having to get like backstories on all of the characters, like rather than just retreading people that we already know and whose stories have already completed, tell a new story. But nobody wants to tell new stories. They just want to use already existing IPs as like as uh basically like every character is a spot on a pegboard and you have to hang your plot on at least three or four or five significant characters in order for it to get approved so yeah i mean gold girl boss galadriel i guess i, I could only well, yeah, like, well one thing one thing i heard about the making of this is that um jeff bezos he's been wanting his streaming service to blow up for a while and it's just not like i think their biggest thing so far has been the boys and even that hasn't been like a huge hit and i guess from what i understand he's kind of wanted to he kind of wanted to um you know finally get something that's really gonna push it over you know what i mean so yeah so um they want like a big property, something that would be their Game of Thrones, and I guess they tried also with that Wheel of Time, but the Wheel of Time was a bust. So, oh this my was supposed God. to be 
Do we we uh we would have to do Wheel of Time sometime, but I think it would also Oh yeah, work. I never I never watched that, but I heard I heard horrible things. Oh, but, but, but but this was his this was his whole his whole thing like is is I'm gonna bet the house on this. So um it's yeah, like, you spent like a billion dollars on it, right? Uh yes. Yeah, like uh, there's there's figures going from seven hundred and eighty million to over a billion, depending on how you calculate it, like with the marketing and everything, but it's pretty expensive. And yeah, and they don't own the rights to it, right? Like, they can't, like, actually, like, go beyond the story. They don't own the rights to it. Well, well, yeah, well, yeah. See, see, this is the problem. Uh, that's actually what I was going to get to next. He wanted, he actually wanted to do get Lord of the Rings, but he couldn't get the rights to it. So they got the Cimmerillion, or, or however it's pronounced, because I'm not, I'm not really good with that stuff. But they, uh, how is it called? Cimmerillion, is that right? Okay, um, as a backdoor way to kind of do Lord of the Rings, so that's why they're filling it with a bunch of Lord of the Rings callbacks. So from what I understand, that's what he actually really wanted. Um, so, so yeah, uh, they don't really want the Cimmerillion. They're just kind of that's the only thing they could get, and they're just trying to do backdoor ways. That's kind of why you see like those two um, uh, hobbits are basically Frodo and Samwise, but a female version, like, it's very thinly veiled. Like, there's a lot of people who, they don't appear in the Cimmerian, but they made these kind of fake versions of them that, you know, are to make you think of Lord of the Rings. From what I was reading, that was del- deliberate. So it's, um... Yeah, I was like, why pretty, are they in the show anyway? Like, the halflings? Like, I don't, I don't understand why, like, there's, like, I don't understand why they're in the show, because, like, they were pretty, like... I mean, yeah, I, I, I think yeah, they're, I I think they're there there. just to make people think of Frodo and Samurais. I think that's the only reason they're there, but they don't have any idea how to actually write them. Because yeah, the show has a lot of, like, things that are completely useless. Like, it, it, it's such a bad pacing that if you just remove certain, like, characters and plot lines, you could probably make it a better show. Because, like, it shouldn't be... It's like four hours of nothing shouldn't be, ha- shouldn't be happening for, like, five, for, like, four whole Lego series. Like, it's been four hours and, and nothing has happened yet. And they, all these characters are like besides, I guess like besides like Gladiel and and, and 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 the king dude. What's what's his name? Like the king guy. What's his name? The uh, uh, the, the king of of the uh, of the Southlands. I, I forgot his name. I forgot his name. I forgot his name myself. Like the, yeah, her like her partner guy. Oh yeah. Yeah. I don't. I don't remember. Yeah, he's. Yeah, he's. They're the, the only two relevant characters in the entire show. Pretty much, and everyone else like that doesn't really matter. Besides, like the guy who's foraging, who's but yeah, the the foraging plot is funny to me. Like the whole the whole foraging of the rings thing is kind of funny to me because like, I mean, like because like because because I, I think the dwarves are, are pretty good characters in the show. Like I like the dwarves in the show. In my opinion, I, I, I think they're fine. I think they're actually the only good things in the show are the dwarves and the visuals. That's pretty much it. In my opinion. To be fair, I didn't get past the first episode. It, it took me that long, and I meant to keep trying. So, so yeah, I didn't even. Really, I, don't think the, I don't think the dwarves. I don't think the dwarves appeared in the first um, episode, right? No, uh, they did or, at the end. Oh, they did. Okay, so I actually forgot them. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, my thing is, even if it gets good, uh, who's gonna want to sit through that many hours of boringness? Who's not already invested? Like one thing about Game of Thrones, they made it instantly accessible to people who had no interest in it like you know but i feel like the way that they've done this show 
you have to be someone who has a predisposition to like Lord of the Rings is willing to suffer through it to see where it gets. But I can't see like a total noob who has no interest in Lord of the Rings want to sit through this amount of boredom. That's that's a problem, I think. Because a show like this, with that amount of money, is going to need the normies as well as the uh, token heads. And the token heads, a lot of them are going to check out on principle. So you're really going to need the normies. And for all the faults with um, Benioff and Weiss, the one thing they were good at was to hook normies in like like instantly. Uh, that first episode, you saw incest, uh, ch- attempted child murder, um, you know, uh, bastard children of, of you know, uh, the hero and all these interesting things where it's like, okay, I want to see where all this goes. Uh, a scheming dwarf and all these other things. Yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. I don't think they're, they're going to do a good job at getting, getting the normies hooked in this. But uh, I see, I didn't realize we had, we had a long here. I didn't realize. So I'm going to get going. But of course, you're always welcome to come back up, Geo. Thanks for, um, your contribution but hey lance how's it going yeah feel free to unmute when on the lower right yeah hey i was actually texting someone a fellow call-in okay cool cool i'll finish texting her later because it's not a it was a text from earlier so she we're not like currently texting back and forth so anyway um, yeah, you know, with everything corporate, the greed and the money is, is bad enough, but, you know, they just suck the soul out of society. And it's too bad because it's, kids aren't kids anymore. It's like some bean counters are worried about woke stuff and what parents are going to say. And they're not even making stuff for kids anymore. It's It's got the elements. They take out the dirty word. They do this stuff. And I think Q was saying this. Why not have whatever rainbow flag, you know, black woman, lesbian, you know, super, you know, hero. And maybe because like Batman witnessed his parents getting killed and there was the dark side. So it was all very rich and complex, right? He was, you know, he wasn't just a nice guy and all that, but you know, yeah. Why not just have characters that maybe someone who's been oppressed, right? Who's like dealt with all that stuff from, I said, I'm going to fight against it. You know, great. I mean, it doesn't have to be obvious like that. I don't mean you got to hit people over the head with the identity politics, but I think he was getting at that, you know, just, just create new characters to me. You know, if I'm like a, maybe a, I don't know, a certain age, maybe a teenager, I'm old enough to understand it. I might be saying, if you know, where you're old enough to kind of analyze stuff and you're still interested in kid stuff. It's like, why aren't you just doing stuff that's like creative for me? Why do you got to recycle old stuff and repackage it in a new woke way and all that? It's just, it's just terrible. I mean, we, I grew up with Popeye and Woody Woodpecker and all kinds of violence and cartoons. <laughs> it's like, I don't know. I don't think boomers. Will yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know what is the deal with all this stuff, but it's uh, all, it's all pretty cynical because they just get this product and then they use it as a Trojan horse to, kind of smuggle in all these um, social issues that they're hoping will cause some kind of controversy. Like, this is the only playbook now, is to create some kind of controversy that will get people, you know, fighting, and then they're hoping that a bunch of people will watch the thing to kind of say, uh, fuck you, to, you know, the the racist and the sexist who they're claiming um, dislike the thing, and it just does not 
really work, but it's the only play they have. So even a losing play, I guess, is better than no play to these people. So it's it's getting kind of, to me, tiring, but some people seem to not get enough of it. Like there's some people every single time one of these products pops up, they show up and they're like, we've got to watch uh, X show. We got to watch the, um, the, um, you know, the fat, the fat spider woman show because uh, all the fat phobes are saying that fat spider woman sucks, you know, so we got to watch that, you know, to teach them a lesson. There's always this kind of new call to action to watch the new um, Trojan horse IP, you know, to teach the people a lesson. And it's like, okay, I guess some people aren't getting tired of it, you know, some, but most of the stuff yeah. isn't successful. That's the, that's the weirder thing. Like this little yeah. mermaid thing, I, I think might end up being successful because I think they have actually activated enough real races to actually, you know, make some, make some, make something happen. But, you know, let's, let's see. I don't know. It, it just occurred to me. I never, I got to remember this analogy. If I don't say the first time I think it, I'll forget it after then it'll become part of my repertoire. But it, what you're saying exactly, it just hits a nail right on the head. Tell me, it, does, does this make sense? Right. Instead of giving us a window into some other way of understanding something, whether it's through superheroes or cartoons or deep, serious movies, or, uh, but, but instead of a window, they give you a mirror. What the exact? Yeah, tuck. Yeah, yeah, tuck my punchline. But isn't that true, right? Instead of a yep, window, yep. let's give let's give people a mirror so they could just see something, or they'll see a reflection of something they hate or something. And of course, what that does now, uh, the Pentagon since World War One has been trying to infiltrate and get war moss messages through the media, not just in times of war. But what they're doing now is they're infiltrating like kids' movies and cartoons, so that it won't be about war, but certain terms will be out, so you won't have characters that strike out on their own. They're going to be, they won't, they, if they do, it's like that singular person that's a hero. It won't be a group of people that get together. And if you watch, like it's fascinating to watch cartoon or uh, commercials, right, ads from the 60s, or like when I used to do research on microfiche, you couldn't just Google it, and you'd have to see a magazine. I'd be, oh, I'd be like soaking up the ads from the 40s or 50s, like, wow, look at how they did that or whatever. Okay. Similarly, if you look at old TV shows, two things. You could be an eccentric, different type of person, and you might be like not totally accepted, but they're going to understand that you have an inner humanity somewhere, okay? The other thing is, People could live a life of quiet dignity. That is to say, right through the 60s, middle class people like single women who lived in boarding houses where the rules are men can only come so late and all that. I even knew a friend of that, you know, modern day version of it. And you could live a middle class life and you, you didn't have to either have a, an apartment or you had to be in a, in a, in a, in a, in a housing project. You know, like on, on these sitcoms, a lot of middle class people, it was kind of lower middle class almost, but you lived in a boarding house. You didn't have a kitchen. You ate out at the diner because it was cheap. But it was like, you know, it, it, you could live a life of quiet dignity and get by that way. And now now, but now you have corporations who want to own the pawn shops. They're going to be the check factory. It's not like the neighborhood guy is going to give you a break, the store owner. Now it's the corporations are going in there and they want your gold teeth. They want to extract. So oh, yeah. It's like, oh, 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 yeah, totally. And, and uh, you know, to, to extend the analogy to what's happening creatively is like you used to get real regular people who used to be going to screenwriting and directing, it would be something to be the, the second or third career, you know, and it fall into like, uh, like people had weird backgrounds. Someone would be like a house painter, you know, and then do something else. And then next thing you know, they tried acting. Cause like, okay, wh why not? Like, um, like, uh, Cary Grant was a, 
was a painter, but not like an artist painter. Like, like he painted signs and stuff, and he was an acrobat, and he tried different things before he, he got into acting, you know? Well, Lancaster and, was an acrobat, and Clark Gable was a truck driver. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So people had some kind of real-life experience to bring to stuff, and the same thing happened with screenwriters. But now um, you have, like, rich kids, uh, rich people's little taunt kids who, who their parents buy them an acting career, you know? Um Almost all of them, like, rich now, or like, the children are rich people, or, or, yeah. or, like, heirs and heiresses. And, and and people don't even know. People just think of certain ones who are a little more obvious, but, like, the Mara sisters are the um, children of two. There's Rui Mara, and I forget, uh, Kate Mara. Uh, they're both, like, as dull as dishwater, but uh, they, um, they're parents one family owns the jet one family owns the jets i forget if it's the mother's side or the father's side the other family owns the steelers so, the, so they're two billionaires like why are you going to acting and running acting like you know there's people who could use this work you know and pull the whole family out of poverty and like you're just like some kind of bored dilettante kid who doesn't yeah. want to work in the office or or whatever like, um, it needs to be the province of like like layabouts, layabouts. and robes and like it, it needs to be the province of people that you would never want to introduce to your father. You know what I mean? Yep. Like, like why? Like, your parents are billionaires. Like, this is so complicated. Like, uh, hold on, hold on. You're 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 choppy, but I don't know if it's just for me or for everyone. Is is he choppy for everyone, or is it just something with my headphones? Yeah, he's chopping up. Oh yeah, people saying chopping up. Yeah. Can you hear me? Uh, say a little bit more, and I'll tell you. you no, know, it's just like if you look at people like. Okay, you sound clear. You sound clear. Mm, go ahead. Yeah, Army Army Hammer. I mean, before he like imploded his career, uh, you know, and, and um, what's her name? Uh, Phoebe Waller Bridge, or whatever her name is, the the flea bag lady. Why? Why did you? Get parts? You people want, know by like, them. Yeah, people like, know by. To say, yeah, people know about them because their parents are a little more well known. But there's a lot of people whose parents are not as well known, but are like quietly rich as well. Like that, um, who was the one? Oh, Emma Stone. She's like an heiress. She has like something like a seven, eight figure um, legacy coming her way. She's like rich. A lot of people don't don't know that. Like Army Hammer and Phoebe Waller Bridge. Like they're they're um. Families are known, but you but when you find out just how many people are like uh, rich who's like parents are quietly rich, it gets even it, the, the bench gets even deeper. I think that like Chris Pratt's like one of the only ones in the A list who's not who's like you know parents don't have uh, privilege, and um, that thing goes goes with the writing, and I think that's why so much of this writing is so bad. Like you can't you know the same way you talk about the pawn shops and these like real people who own businesses and now they're all corporations a lot of people screen right now are people who are like nepotism hires um are people went to like the right schools and were like angling to be in hollywood in some form or other since like you know uh high school and they have no experience except you know w w working on the school newspaper uh, trying to get good grades, getting into um, good right. schools, and doing doing internships, and they can't really write about anything. That's why that She-Hulk show is so bad. Like the yeah. people, I, the people I know it. it's funny. I asked my godson mm -hmm. about She-Hulk. Like, what do you think of the show? Thought, you know, I said, what? he said, well, why am I watching a show 
that's a half an hour of he didn't he didn't say girl boss problems, but he basically said like like rich lawyer problems. But he was basically like describing a girl boss. Just like what she what she is supposed to be is her like slamming dudes through like four or five brick walls. Like she's supposed to be like throwing rocks into low Earth orbit, right? He, like he was he was upset that he's watching a show that's ostensibly about one of the strongest people on the face of the planet, and she's not doing anything. But part of the problem of that show is what they want it to be about, they can't even do. So it's like, okay, you don't want to do superhero stuff. Like, they admitted, hey, we can't write uh, action. We're not action people, right? But it's like, okay, but um, what about law? Well, we're not good at writing law. That's what they said, which is crazy that they admitted it. They didn't even say, oh, we're not good at it, so we got to resource it. It's like, no, we just can't do it, so we're not going to even try. Well, well, I sent you a tweet by one of the writers, like, I have to lean heavily in my high school moot court experience uh for this episode it's like like why why wouldn't you you just ask lloyd how these work yeah yeah exactly like like you can just research how law works why do you mean you had to be relying your high school moot court experience to write an adult uh legal scene that makes zero sense but um so like they can't they can't write law they can't write action They, they said that they didn't know how to write for computer uh, animation because I guess there's a way to write for it. Like you can't just have a scene that's like hours and hours of the CGI character because this, the the technology is not ready for prime time. So it's like they were writing like way too much She-Hulk apparently, and then they had to tell them no, you can't. When you write CGI, you have to write the CGI characters sparingly, or you know do things. You know uh, you wrote it too expensively. So I'm like the only thing these people. Right. Seem to seem to be to think they're qualified to do is to write about um, feminist stuff and to do comedy, and they're bad at both. So the the, the only things left here's 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 the yeah. thing, you know, inside every male lies the heart of the dramaturge. Okay, and like you know, this is something that uh, me and uh, Rory have been talking about for a little while. It's sort of bandying like bandying between us, but like we men talk about women as being like. Or, you know, like the Jordan Peterson types, the Andrew Tate types. Like, they talk about women as being, like, emotional, dramatic. They're creatures of chaos and so on. No. 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 It's actually men who are the drama kings. Like, we, we're, we are the original drama queens. Like, there's nothing more that we... There's nothing more that we love than just the excuse to be as... Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. And the... the So, like, everything that they're trying to express through She-Hulk, through uh, Jennifer Walters' character, the reason it's flopping so badly... Is not actually it's not actually the girl boss feminism. Like I, I know on the surface is what it is, but that's not actually what it is. There's a way to actually get it across, and that's for her to be actually fucking dramatic. But instead of doing that, they just give like straight like on the nose, right to the point lectures. You ever like watch a show or a movie and then people are just like upset about what it could possibly mean? Yeah, like, they, mean like because, the meaning is, because the meaning is ambiguous, they impart the worst possible <laughs> intentions to it. So. Since they can't write that way, like they have to write, like, no, you, the audience, need to know exactly what we mean. So we're just going to do the self insert where she Hulk has a conversation with, uh, sorry, your microphone's getting super loud. Yeah, like, She Hulk has a conversation about copywriting her name. Because why would I be watching a superhero show about a woman who can, like, punch juggernaut through a mountain and she's talking about copyright 
Hey, Q, Q, I actually, there's actually, I agree with everything you say, but as an added point, this is where I want to look at things from a class standpoint almost, but look at it this way. Has it ever occurred to anybody the real reason we're getting all this like very badly written stuff uh, from clearly what is the professional media class as writer Amber Adley Frost calls them. The reason we're getting only from that class is because I think on some level, and it's obvious, but you think they're just trying to do this because they feel like if we give the working class even a second to be platformed on the level we have, we will get the shit kicked out of us culturally. Because I think they know at this point that they're so out of touch that that it's almost getting to the point where if the right, if someone on the right really wanted to, they could take one even just pointless thing culturally and use that to point out how out of touch they are. And that's actually really, really, really fucking scary if you really stop and think about it for a second. Like, you're so out of touch that the right could take something that is just objectively true and just, and could just sweep the leg on you like fucking. Like fucking Johnny and Cobra I think, you're, I think you're thinking about it. Too, I think you're thinking about it too hard. I think you're thinking about it way too hard. It's, I'm an I mean, American. I have to think about things too hard, Q. Yeah, because you're being dramatic. It's not that you're yes. American. You're just, you're just a guy, <laughs> right? Just, well, I'm an American guy. You're a lot calmer than me because your country has health care. Meanwhile, over here, well, yeah, this is all you have to say. Y'all, that's all you have to sit and think about, right? Is ways to be dramatic. But what I'm saying is that, like, it's, well, it's that. Well, it's that and even, dashes, you know. No, it's not even all that deep. It's it's not all that deep whatsoever. I, I think the reason that the right succeeds at this, like uh, this, this this culture war or whatever we want to call it, is because they understand the value of showmanship. And unfortunately, like for a lot of these, uh, which is sad because there are a lot of them are theater kids, probably. <laughs> well, okay, think about politics, right? Like, who actually succeeds in politics? Fucking theater kids. Like Donald Trump has the heart of a theater kid. No, 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 no. Even if you went to let yes, me, you, oh my God, yes. You let me back up. Let me back this up. Okay. No, no, no. No, Donald Trump has the heart of a failed stand-up comedian. Let's get that fucking correct. There's levels of stage performance. He's at the heart of a stand, a bad stand-up comedian. He's like Tim Dillon if he sucked. <laughs> All right, what is no, 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 no. I think Donald Trump is a very good comedian. I, I, like, he's yeah, pretty Jimmy Fallon. Yeah, he's pretty Jimmy Fallon. about failing. Like he's, yeah, he's yeah. not he, he, he's, he's quite a lot of actual comedians okay okay yeah. let me rephrase that he's like Artie Lang but a few steps up he's like he's like the Artie Lang level can, can we all know no 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 Donald Trump is a theater kid at heart right I don't know and, and I don't think, know. And think about think about think about what every theater kid wants every theater kid wants to be appreciated like they want to they want to like be front and center and they want people to appreciate them but what else does Donald Trump want but the appreciation of his father that he'll never get because his father's dead so rather than, yeah, this is why I'm that, scared from, from TV cameras. But I mean, that's kind of besides the point. What I'm trying to say is that, like, the reason that a lot of these shows fail is Wait, because. Q, quick point yeah. about what you said about the whole uh, Trump thing. The reason why I'm afraid to admit that he's a, a theater kid is very, very, very simple. Because if he's a theater kid, that plays into my theory that another celebrity who's actually from my hometown, believe it or not, that means Steven Seagal is also a theater kid. So you see what? Yes, he is. Yes. He's his whole listen. Okay, okay. Yes, I, no, about no, his fun fact. Well, hold on. Fun okay. fact. Uh, Steven Seagal is from the same hometown as Magic Johnson. True story. Look it up. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, not hard to believe. I mean, there's a lot of people from small places, but like, yeah, Steven Seagal is an actual. Okay, cute, cute, cute. This is do the guy who's lied about his whole life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Do not get sucked. To, I know 
uh, Colonel Cobra Gaddafi is good at getting people sucked into tangents. Don't go uh, okay. down. Oh, no, I'm sorry. keeping it quick. I'm yeah, keeping it quick. Don't, don't go down and keep it go rabbit okay, hole. Let me finish my point. <laughs> I am making a quick point. Finish, finish your point. Finish your point. I'm moving on. Finish your point. Okay. Okay, no, what I was going to say is that the reason that a lot of these um, these uh, like show writers nowadays, like the reason that we find this content to just be so dull, boring, almost like borderline, like offensively <laughs> I don't think it's actually that people are like that upset. Um, at, I don't think people are that upset about She-Hulk as a lead female character. I don't think people were really that upset about, uh, about Captain Marvel. What they were upset about was that it's all bad drama and bad content. And because the characters are female, that's kind of how they express it. That's why they say things like the MCU. But really, what they're being let down on is this is just fucking bad content. There's no dramatic action here. It's been... It's toothless. That's what it is. It's fucking toothless. It's like... I don't know if this analogy works too well, but it's like being at me at 31 going to, like, a legal dispensary and they're still censoring the music over the air. We're all here to... You see what I'm trying to say here? Yeah. I. It's like that. It's like... I think I think one problem I think one problem that they have it kind of relates to what Q is saying, but it's a slightly different. Um, also, I think I figured out the mic problem. Where I was making so much noise, so it, it, this sounds better, right? It was. Yeah, it's almost like you're, it's almost like if you're quiet, your microphone starts seek like it starts seeking out sound. So it's like it's not yeah, hearing. Yeah, so it's looking for sound in the background. Yeah, there was some kind of knob. There was some kind of knob on it. There was some kind of knob on it that was too sensitive, and I I turned it. And I think that fix whatever was happening there but um one thing one thing and we said this before q but how a lot of these kind of um people are very very thin-skinned who they put in charge of these um who who make it to this way and i think it ties into what we're saying about these people had no type of real experience they had nothing except trying to get into good schools and get good jobs and and whatever and they were i think they've kind of ended up being raised kind of fragile or as like special snowflakes like you oh know. i agree absolutely because uh, i was raised around people like that oh yeah you're gonna get into your dream school you're gonna get into your top thing i was raised you're, like that you, yeah yeah you're gonna you're gonna get an office you're gonna be great you're gonna be wonderful you're a special whatever you know the whole uh little prince and princess syndrome um uh, since they, are, since they aren't able to kind of make fun of themselves or take the piss out of themselves, uh, they write their own self. They insist on writing authorial self inserts in everything they do, but they're afraid to have anybody take the piss out of them. So, She Hulk, uh, in the last couple of episodes, they finally had a couple of jokes at her expense, but for the most part, she's like perfect. You know, from the first time you see her, they created a whole character. Just a cheerlead She-Hulk, that, that Nikki the Paradigal. All she does is, Jen, you're the best. Jen, you're great. That's this, is that, you know? And and they write with such a layer of self-protection that they're just so afraid to show any vulnerability or anything besides this character's awesome that it actually ends up having the opposite effect of making the character unlikable. It, it has the exact opposite effect of what they're hoping. Like, if they actually let the character be relatable and flawed, so as soon as she becomes She-Hulk, she it's can just bad fan fiction. Can we just say it? Yeah, she can kill. She can destroy everything. And then the first fight with the main baddie, which is Titania, she beats the crap out of Titania. What drama is there left for her to keep fighting Titania in the rest of the series? Now that I know, yep. she can beat her in two punches. Did Same you, by the way, the... did you see that? Um, did you see that Jamila Jamil 
uh, was talking about how she wanted the scene to go. Oh, oh no, no. God, I saw yeah, that too. Yeah, she she wanted oh, oh, she wanted oh, She Hulk to punch mm-hmm. her in the puss. Oh yeah, yeah. Like when she I did, did that jump kick, yeah. I did I did see that. Oh, I'm sorry, um, Colonel Kavavi, you were saying something, but I was just in the process of moving down the queue because I thought it was more people. But uh, you're welcome to come up again if you want to come up again. But 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 yeah, yeah, she she wanted, I, I heard about that. That was pretty, you know, because she, she thought it'd be funny like when the guy gets hitting the balls. But yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a weird one. But it, there's just such a, um, with, with Ray with um, The Force Awakens, she beats Kylo Ren in the first fight. Like, where is there to go from from there? You know what I mean? Like, um, and they keep doing this where they take away any challenge the hero could get because these characters are basically a thinly veiled version of themselves. And um, yeah, and and people end up not liking the characters because they're just like the annoying perfect people that you know no one wants to uh like people want to see the person fight and climb to become great so they can imagine maybe if i fight and climb i could become great too but if the person just effortlessly perfect then you know who, who can who can relate to that uh haitian Arf, how's it going i saw the last episode of she hulk and and i wish i could gouge out my eyes <laughs> it, um, it was so boring man oh my god it's it's fucking terrible and like the thing is is that i'm like a junkie i'm a junkie going back for more i don't know why i'm why i'm hoping that the next episode is when things will improve but it's pretty bad and you guys are spot on with what you're saying right i understand that but like what what i what i think the bigger question here is this is that what is causing the 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 woke culture to to coalesce around this kind of methodology of taking everything and making it completely sterile dry and dead i mean i i will argue with you it's not woke i mean it's a lot of people who consider themselves woke or progressive or liberal or whatever but i think there's a fundamental mistake when when people say it's woke culture it's not that but you did use a word though you used used a word um that does accurately describe it sterile People are afraid to. People are afraid to like show flaws. They're afraid to like. Okay, and 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 in all basic like stories, there's three types of conflict, right? Like your English teacher, your English teacher would have told you about this. Three types of conflict are man versus man, man versus nature, man versus self, right? The thing about man versus self is that it requires a deep level of introspection. Again, like you have to be willing to become a drama queen to really get it, like. A friend and I were talking about like the Iliad the other day, and what is Achilles? But a, I mean, everybody, everybody in the Iliad was a fucking drama queen, except for maybe Odysseus. But like, everybody's a drama queen. Fucking Agamemnon's a drama queen. Uh, Patroclus is a drama queen. Achilles is a drama queen. Priam is a drama queen. But like, all of these characters have something deeply flawed about themselves fundamentally, right? Achilles especially because like. You know, he gets upset about, like, the spoils of war not being divided to his satisfaction. And he goes off and fucking sulks by a river for a while, which means Patroclus ends up fighting Hector by accident, and he gets killed. And now Achilles is pissed off because he's really mad at himself, but he's taking it on and everybody else. But it's like, that's the, that's the fundamental man-versus-self story. Like, me being a complete fucking emotional doofus um, had some serious consequences, and now I've got to deal with that. But the problem with these uh, stories lately 
it's not because it's female characters. I think a lot of people fixate on that. It's not that it's female characters. It's people that are afraid to be vulnerable and flawed. Like people don't like to open up and do the person versus self thing, because that means you have to essentially, you have to basically like bear your heart to the world, or at least think of a character, think of a character in such a way that they're going to have to be like in the dirt for a little while. They have to do fucked up. Can I ask things. you another question? I'll say, yeah. say one more thing. I'll say, say one more thing. In Hold on. I want to say one more thing to add to what you're saying. In addition to that, they want to settle scores. They're obsessed with settling scores from high school with people they dated with um if with the chads with the stacys with whatever with the football players that didn't date them the cheerleaders who and and that's another thing that's annoying they not only can have no vulnerability for themselves they want to just um have you co-sign uh their hatred of of certain people that they have grudges against and it's just very tiresome i'm 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 sorry I i actually don't think it's so much of a grudge as like they mm-hmm. can't think of they can't think of another character to have a conflict with other than the people that like annoyed them in high school or maybe annoy them at work. I don't think it's that they're holding a grudge. I think it's more so that they don't they lack the imagination to imagine an asshole. Uh, I don't know. Based on how they tweet, I think these people <laughs> live rent free in their heads. But I mean, we, we could be I could be wrong. Uh, uh, Schnarf, uh, you were saying another question. You had a follow up question. I said, uh, I said well, there's two things, right? I, I don't I don't fully agree with that. I think I think it's like uh, maybe maybe it's not maybe I can quote somebody so it'll put it in perspective, right? And the person I quote is Mark Fisher. Uh, I don't know if you guys have ever read Capitalist Realism, but he says this. He says emancipatory emancipatory politics must always destroy the appearance of a natural order. Must reveal what is presented as a necessary inevitable inevitable to be a mere contingency just as it makes what was previously deemed to be impossible seem attainable, right? And I know that's not the easiest way to, like, explain this, but I feel like everything is a reflection of this, this conquest of, 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 like, faux oppression, right? Like, this, this lady is, is a upper-middle-class person who, who, who's a fucking lawyer, right? Like, I, I mean, I'm watching it anyways because they already gave me the dope and I was already hooked, and I was hooked as a child to Marvel, so now I guess I have to go all the way with this because, I don't know, I'm doubling down on, on, on shitty entertainment. But I think ultimately what it is is this, is that we've taken every facet of our culture and we've sterilized it. Or we've gone the other way with the, the whole uh, um, culture war, right? I think talk radio is is the culture war, and then – all forms of drama, comedy, you know, um, sitcoms, rom-coms, all that bullshit. All of those are are, are working in in contra to 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 the to the other facets of of entertainment. I think I don't think it's a lot, less, think it's a lot less deep than that. I think it's a lot less deep than that. I, I think no, I've like I don't know. I've been I've been batting this back and forth with a friend for a little while. And I, I think it's actually down to whose fault is it? Like, whatever problem it is that I'm having in my life, whatever problem it is that, like, people of my particular, like, class or, like, uh, gender or whoever have, like, who the, the, the question is always whose fault is it? And with a certain type of writer, 
not always a, like it's not always a woman writer. And like I said, like I feel like people are incredibly reductive when they call it MCU or they talk about like you know like girl bossing, girl bossing the MCU. No, it's not that. It's people who can't fundamentally cannot come to grips with the idea that some things are just your fault. Like I think the only true female superhero that's been introduced in any sort of live action property since the MCU started was Jessica Jones. Like the only one that's actually had a standalone series or movie that actually had a female superhero. Why? Because Jessica Jones is fucked up and she knows she's fucked up and she knows that she harms the people around her, even as she tries to help. She knows that she's oblivious and she just sort of like barrels through life like just harming people in her way, trying to do the right thing. She knows that she's an alcoholic. She knows that she is like, she, she's got anger problems that she pushes people away, that she hurts people inadvertently. But you can, you can see the arc from like the beginning to the end of the first and second seasons. It's like, okay, but she's, she's actually learning something. She's understanding something about herself that makes her a better person, regardless of what, like regardless of the fact that, she can like fall off a roof and live. And the fact that she can like, you know, punch somebody through a wall there's, she's still a vulnerable human being. And, and that, that quality is completely gone. Not just from the MCU, but from like superhero properties in general, in general, because they've lost the fundamental uh, aspect of what makes superheroes heroic. And that is, even though they have, they might have these uh, amazing powers, they're still vulnerable and flawed people. And these people, like the ones who are in charge of these shows are afraid to show themselves or show, afraid to show the characters as flawed people because they themselves don't know how to be flawed people. You guys brought this up as well. The, the lady who's the head writer, like I'm looking at what she's worked on before and she's like, she has like a scattering of work and like oh, the, uh... Panda Oh man! Yeah, yeah. yeah they, they all have These very little super, experience. Super yeah, yeah. They all they all have very little experience, and um, I was researching this recently because I keep noticing it more and more. But the worst. She has example... an Emmy though. Oh yeah, from, from one TV episode. Uh, it's from one episode, episode Rick... of Rick and Morty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And she was labeled the head writer, and I'm convinced that she didn't write anything. She didn't write anything good in that episode because you know they have a writing team that was already working on the show. Okay. I'm, I'm gonna get a little. I'm gonna get a little deep. Uh, not not intellectually deep, but like deep in the weeds of like the gossip. But but here's here's what I found. Right. So apparently, Rick and Morty had an all guy like writing team and everything, and uh, they were doing very well. But then they started getting like you know um, hate from like the fan community and the and the geek community about oh you guys are sexist. It's a it's a frat bro environment. That's why the show is a little sexist. You need some female voices. So I think they got one or two uh, women. And this is what I mean when I say the show is it's a total self-insert uh, She-Hulk. God. Because I think... So they, I so think they, that's bring, what... a, they bring a woman head writer in and the episode ends with a lecture? Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> oh, no, oh, oh, no. They didn't bring a woman head writer. She wasn't a head writer. They, they just brought her on as like one of the women on staff. They just brought two right. women. And Where... her only episode... And her only episode that, was... The episode that's, was, uh, she's, uh, was that... Episode. Pickle Rick episode ends with a lecture. Oh yeah, oh yeah, you're right, you're right. It does. The Pickle Rick lecture does end up with an episode. That part, I think, uh, she did. It was very joyless and 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 explaining to a man about why he sucked. So yeah, I think that part she did. I think the funny parts were probably the pre-existing staff. But if you look in She-Hulk, you know she has scenes where she's like, because, like oh, the, people the, think the mm-hmm. um 
the therapist character, like she was not seen in any episode before, and she hasn't been seen in any episode since. And remember when I right. said, remember when I and, that, said and that's that the only episode that, that Jessica Guy wrote, so that yeah. probably was her character. And I remember when I said that, like that episode felt to me the way that um, in The Simpsons, the uh, the Homer's Enemy episode was. Yeah, where like, where, where like somebody on the show became self aware and was like, "We need to talk to people about how much our product sucks." Right, we, like, but the thing was, at least the the uh, Homer's Enemy episode didn't end with a lecture, and this one did. He, oh yeah, yeah, to- totally. But um, if you look in She Hulk, she has that thing where uh, She Hulk is hired to, to um, work at the firm, and she's like, "Not people are gonna think I was just hired because you know I'm She Hulk." I'm like, "This is probably her talking about how she felt to get on like Rick and Morty, yeah. like uh." You know, people made a brouhaha about no women writing, and then she got on on that uh, episode, and then she got an Emmy for it. And I think people, a lot of people, were like saying, "Oh, you just got hired because you're a woman." They just gave you the the Emmy because you know they wanted to uh, not look sexist and and whatever. But to me, the best way to dispel that is to not just lecture people about, "Hey, you shouldn't think that way." Just write so well that no one's going to be able to say it just and she hulk is not that she hulk if anything is i think confirming the worst you know right because first a you're calling attention to it with these self-insert characters who are complaining about only getting hired uh for being she hulk which to me means uh me just a guy only being hired because i'm a woman and then you're doing the some of the worst writing i've ever um seen like this is not the way to make people think that you were not hired you know as a as a gimmick and on top of that she's adding to it more with she-hulk because she's doing stuff like admitting yeah, yeah i was hired for she-hulk but uh i was hired for she-hulk attorney at law with the words attorney at law being three-fifths of the title like more than half the title is attorney at law yeah uh i can't write law it's okay wait you can't write law you admit it you can't write superheroes you admit it you can't write action you can't write cgi so why were you hired you know you're giving the impression you being so shamelessly fine and 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 open about not being qualified for this, God knows why, is just adding to uh, the exact impression that you're lecturing people about having. You know what I mean? But but yeah, the the Lord of the Rings one is even less confidence. That that one is crazier. Those people oh, have no credits. Boy, they have no, no credits at all. Yeah, I know the Lord of the Rings one was kind of wild to me because I yeah I was looking up on. Uh, the uh, the writers on that show and I'm like these are brand new people and the funny thing was when Jeff Bezos was trying to like low key gas them up by saying well I'm glad that they ignored my notes uh, and went and did their own thing but I'm like but, but what did they do like if they ignored your notes to go do their own thing what was it that they actually accomplished because I don't think whatever they ignored whatever it, it is like this 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 show is like the most focused uh, this is the most focused grouped fantasy show I think I've ever seen. I don't think they ignored his notes. I think he I hired them. I think he hired them because they would not ignore his notes. They were too new and too eager. And that was him protesting too much. Like, you know, that was him just, you know, it'll be if you're sitting with someone and they just randomly said, man, yeah, man, one thing I'll say, I am not attracted to 10 year olds. And he's like, wait, why did you bring that up? Like, no one, <laughs> no one said anything about that. <laughs> like, 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 why would you just bring that up? And, and it's like, they're saying that because they're kind of guilty because they know they're attracted to 10 year olds. I feel like, 
um, him just bringing that up, I'm glad they ignored him. I, I feel like, to me, that's him saying, yeah, I gave these these uh, new guys a bunch of notes, and that's really why I hired them. I bet a lot of people are probably going to think that, because why else would you hire totally inexperienced people except for the fact that they're pliable? So I think that was him kind of protesting too much. I could be reading too much um, into it. But in general, I think that's why they're hiring all these people with no credits, because... Um, I was reading this article, and it was saying how Marvel used to try to hire people with a lot of experience, you know, uh, Joss Whedon, uh, John Favreau, all these people, and people would have uh, disagreements, people like Edgar Wright, uh, people, a lot of people would leave for um, creative differences, they would start with the franchise and leave because they disagreed with where things were going, and it still happened a little bit, like with the guy Scott Derrickson and Doctor Strange 2 and all this stuff, so they started hiring people who they felt would, you know, didn't have much experience and would just be happy, um, would just be happy to work and get the break and not fight back. So they can just let Kevin Feige and Victoria Alonso, like, write everything and not have her own um, vision. And one thing that's kind of interesting about that, which I, which I found pretty, pretty um, fascinating, is that there are some whole companies and agencies that are known for that. So, like, Bad Robot apparently is known for not really pushing back with their own vision on anything. Like, uh, any note that the studio gives them, uh, they will do. You know, so, even though that horrible Rise of Skywalker, you know, where they're like, okay, um, bring back the Emperor. Like, like last year I sucked. We gotta fix this. Bring back the Emperor. Do all these bad ideas. Make her the daughter. And J.J. Abrams like, okay, sure, fine. He just puts it, he'll put... He didn't care that his name's going to attach this thing. I will attach my name to this shitty movie with all its bad ideas. I'm totally fine with that. And what happens is, um, you're going to find something that's very interesting. For some reason, all these nepotism and weird inexperienced hires are coming from three places. J.J. Abrams' connection, Bad Robot somehow. They always have a connection to Bad Robot. Rick and Morty. Or... Um, Robot Chicken. I don't know why, but I've been studying this. I've noticed those are the three things. The Lord and the Ring guys were two uncredited guys on on one of the worst of the Star Trek Abrams movies. So they have like a connection to um, to J.J. Abrams, and and now they've gotten hired to do a new Flash Gordon reboot. So that's gonna suck. Um, Marvel just hired like their fifth or sixth. Rick and Morty person. Uh, the guy did WandaVision also did one episode of Rick and Morty. Uh, this woman, Jessica Gao, Rick and Morty and Robot Chicken. The latest episode, the one where they had to wear a suit, uh, that was co-written by a Rick and Morty guy. The new person who's writing the next Avengers is a Rick and Morty person. And I've counted about five or six Rick and Morty people, but not the main Rick and Morty people. I think they're getting the Rick and Morty people who themselves were hired because they were pliable. You know, like, 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 I think the main people in Rick and Morty, Dan Harmon, and, um, and I forget the other guy's name, Justin, whatever, I think they kind of hire writers themselves who are just kind of pliable because they are very strong. I heard Dan Harmon is very bossy and likes things his way. So, uh, they're not getting the creative people in Rick and Morty, just getting the people in Rick and Morty who does follow orders and fall in line. And then Marvel hires them to do the same thing with Kevin Feige. Yeah, so... Um, hey, go ahead, Oliver. I don't know. If, what? 
Oh, hey, what's going on? Out of wishes. Hey, yeah, you guys hear me? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. We... Oh, awesome. Yeah, I have a I have a quick theory, and it actually works better, I think, for that League of Your Own show. But I think a lot of the energy from these shows, it's basically these showrunners are like rich kids, and they love being at the dinner party and entertaining their parents' guests, and like that's all the shit is like grown up versions. Like, I really saw it with the League of Their Own. Mm, I don't <laughs> I don't think they're trying. I think you're like ninety percent there, but I don't think they're trying to. Um impress their parents friends i think they're trying to impress each other they're, they're so right. writing for right. each that's other right. but but this is what they want to but they do want to impress their parents friends but this is how they want to impress it with not with their writing i'm a, you're like 90 percent of the way there this is what the difference is they want to impress their parents friends with the property they're writing for oh, so shit. what happens yeah. So what happens is this. Or maybe it's like the studio they're writing for, yeah. I don't know about the oh, property oh, oh, part oh, thing, because most of them don't have oh, respect for even their own properties. Oh, 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 no, they don't have respect for it, but okay, okay I'll give you an example, right? If they're, if, if, they're, um, if they're a screenwriter for some kind of show about, like, you know, lesbians or uh, black people, black queer people or whatever, and then... It's their own self-created thing, and it's like an indie movie and something. And then their parents have to have pinochle games with their friends. It's like, hey, so what's little Susie doing? And it's like, yeah, she's writing a story about a um, black queer alien, you know, that, you know, has. And like, yeah, okay, whatever. I'm moving on. My kid's a lawyer. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what the hell that was. But now these people can say, yeah, you know, um, uh, little Susie's working on the new Marvel movie, you know. He's working on that, uh, I don't know, Harry Potter, Harry Potter. Oh, isn't that big? I heard those books are... So, they get to just... Their parents can now tell it, their honestly, honestly, friends. right now, their parents have nothing to do with it whatsoever. They're like, they're not kids trying to impress their parents. They're, they're, no, no they're, they're not trying to impress their parents. They're trying yeah. to impress each other with the crap. Yeah. But their parents, but their parents can brag to their friends it's about... The it's not even mm-hmm. the credits. It's what... It's, who can work the best lecture into the largest pop culture property? No, 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 no. Really the works. lecture is the content. The lecture is written for each other. Right. That's not but for the parents. Yeah, that's how they impress each other. Who can take... Yeah, that's how they impress each other. The, the Trojan horse, yeah. the Trojan horse IP is to shut the parents up. Like, right. my parents will leave me alone because they'll know I'm working for a big billion dollar thing that they can recognize. Like, I don't understand what you do, Junior. But I know those Marvel movies. I see them on the news. Good for you, baby. And and then Junior can go back to impressing his friends with his weird lectures. Yeah. Have you seen a Have you seen that movie with Nail and I? I think it's from the '80s. I was thinking about it, Q, when you were talking about how actors used to be like not respectable and bums. Like, I, it's it's a great movie. It's just like these two guys in England and they're total fuck ups. <laughs> like, but they're both actors, and it's just. Uh, totally different than the way it would be today. Yeah, 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 I've seen. I mean, I can't remember the last time I saw that movie. It might have been, might have been like high school. It was probably like the mid to late nineties was the last time I saw it. But yeah, you're right. Like, I, I, I kind of, yeah. I, even though it was more of a comedy, if anything, like I think it was more actors poking fun at themselves than like talking about the reality of acting. But yeah, it was just like the you know the the profession of like layabouts and fuck ups and the downwardly mobile like. Your parents would be embarrassed, like you know, in the, in the late nineteenth century or you know, eighteenth century, or whatever. Like your parents would be embarrassed to know that you're an actor. We need to, we need to go back to that. Absolutely. Uh, um, real quick, I, I just um realized I said the Jets. Uh, the Maras own the Giants. 
I just I don't know why I just realized that I miss I misspoke. But um here here's a topic I want to throw out there. That's that's related to uh the original thing. Um one thing I'm so sick of with representation, right? I'm so sick of these people using the mythical kids as a shield. Like we're doing it for the kids. We're doing the Black Panther challenge to send little inner city boys and girls uh, to see Black the, Panthers. They can I feel mean, good. I, 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 and people up, putting these up, videos. I don't want to. And people. I, yeah. I want you to overstate. I don't you like. I, I I want you to finish this, but I don't want you to overstate the case. Like. Kids mm-hmm. were super hyped for it, but I think they've now carried that over to properties where it doesn't even make any sense. Yeah, Michael Richard got up there at the Laugh Factory. He wasn't just doing it for you; he was doing it for a thousand incredibly racist people, racist <laughs> children in the country <laughs> <laughs> who want to feel represented. Yeah, he they to show them that yes, you can get on national TV. <laughs> By being the most like just deranged person on a comedic stage, all these people filming their kids on the couch, looking at the uh, trailer, and it's like this is why it's important. It's like kids know what the parents want and follow their cues, and kids are very into pleasing their parents. They know this is your weird hangup, and they've absorbed it for that reason. But kids can enjoy things with white protagonists just fine and vice and vice versa like all these videos of people pretending that you know these this representations for the kids and not because they're a weird 40 year old person who needs to see uh a black little mermaid or or you know they're a weird like no no i was a little kid my favorite movie was the goonies all right and i like there was not a single black person in the Goonies. Were there any black people in the Goonies? Like, off the top of my head, I can't remember one. There might have been. No, I can't remember one. I don't think, I don't think there was. But every, but every kid, every kid had a friend group kind of like that, right? Like, the, the kid with the, the cool older brother, but, you know, that was, like, trying to impress girls, but wasn't really very good at it. You know, like, the, the super geeky kid. The, 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 you know, like, the chubby kid that people made fun of, but had a heart of gold. Like, everybody had a friend group somewhat approximating that. So I, yeah, I didn't yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they can recognize they can recognize your archetypes. Yeah. Yeah, and it's the same thing like or even like Transformers the movie, another one of my favorite movies, right? I can't I, I can't remember a single black character in the entire well how long the Transformers go on for for like four seasons? Yeah, yeah, there was not a single black character. A single black character. But it was still one of my favorite shows. So like you're right, they they recognize the archetypes and kind of they read themselves and it's only the adults that have these like hang-ups about race and stuff. And I know that I'm yeah, and you really use these kids as criticism. Yeah, these kids as criticism shields, and it's so corny. Like, no, that, that ki- these kids are not crying that, uh, over Ariel. Everyone likes to bring up that experiment with like the kids, the you know, like the, the the black kids and the white kids, and what dolls they choose to play with. Yeah. If you show them a black doll and show them a white doll, they say that the white doll is prettier, and I want to have this doll. And so, okay, sure. But how much of that is children learning on their own uh, and from, like, uh, broader society? And how much of that is, like, messages imparted from side the home? You know what I'm saying? Like, like I don't know. I, I'm just saying, like, I, I, I grew up in the 1980s just like every other black kid and didn't really have a whole lot to identify with. But 
I, I think I came up fairly psychologically healthy. I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't really believe that there was something that I could not achieve because I wasn't black. So this whole thing about like, if you can't see it, you can't be it. I, I think that's, I don't know. There might be some truth to it, but I think I, I don't trust the intentions of the people who say that stuff. I think it's mostly. Special I also just, I would say as well that there's the, the, you know, if you write a character well enough, then everybody should be able to relate to it in their own way. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, like, yes, I, I guarantee, like, not everybody in the Goonies was, was black, but, like, but, like, even if they did, like, even if they were, like, there are movies that I watch where it's like, yeah, I'm white, but, like, I still, like, I still relate to these characters because they're well-written. If they weren't well-written, then I probably wouldn't relate to them. And, and I think that's, it's like, yeah, like, I, you know, like, you know, suspiciously like you, I also have been reading the Iliad recently. What what a coincidence! What a coincidence! Um, <laughs> Hold on, I didn't say that I had been reading the Iliad. I said I spoke to a friend who had been reading the Iliad. Oh shit! Okay, never mind. Yeah, see, yeah, I yeah, didn't yeah, get, yeah, I, yeah. See, I yeah. didn't get in. There it goes, full circle. Talking to the Iliad, I'm like, what a surprise! <laughs> yeah. <laughs> which also, yeah. Which trans which translation is it? Is it the Pagels one? Oh, I'd have to check. Hold on, because I got it as like an EPUB. The Fagels one is really good. I, was, I think it probably is the Fagels one. Let me see. It, yeah, no, we were also discussing that, like, most people who talk about the Iliad, or at least, like, parts of it, have never actually read the whole thing all the way through. Hey, I didn't know I was a caller. Oh, right, you go ahead. Okay, go ahead, Lance. Oh, oh, wait, like, you were up on the call queue, but you didn't know that you're... Okay, got it. No, I was, I was looking up the origin story of Wonder Woman. Fascinating. All these oh, psychiatry. yeah, that's... That's really fascinating. You're looking at the bondage stuff and and the BDSM stuff in, in it. It's well, really interesting. The, but the psychologist and, that, that that created DC Comics and this Marston and this Charles Gaines, who I think is the father of William Gaines, who started Mad Magazine, which is the best magazine that was ever invented. But anyway, I don't I don't want to go off on a tangent because you guys I missed the conversation for a few minutes. I don't know what you guys were discussing, but could I make one brief broader point of what I was what we were talking about before because you guys are spot on on everything you're saying oh yeah go ahead go ahead the broader point so being old right I grew up literally walked through the richest neighborhood in the city there's a few other really nice neighborhoods but this is where a lot of future mayors and all that jazz came from and these are my friends my school chums my cub scout den kids you know and it was very Norman Rockwell but but okay Nobody cared. I didn't. Nobody cared if they had better sneakers. The only thing that made me realize how rich they were is when I went to their birthday parties and got more presents for me, for myself at their parties than I got at my own, which was like socks, clothes, and like one one toy. <laughs> but anyway, that's who I went to school with, and, and they went on to be, you know, fancy professionals. I mean, I just I'm a blue collar guy, but you know, I'm middle class. But you know, and they all running inherited their parents' business. John Drescher, my best friend, is Drescher Rain. They're they're like you know ship stuff all over the country, et cetera, et cetera. Also, when I moved to Philadelphia, a lot of, I was Italian, half Italian, but a lot of Italians and Jews, but it was a lot of folks from the neighborhoods. Frankly, it was white flight, to be perfectly honest. So it was mixed bag of political, but white flight was a lot of well-meaning people who couldn't, they couldn't get insurance. You couldn't live in those neighborhoods. So it wasn't like, oh, I don't want to be around white. It was folks who we're perfectly happy being around black folks, but, uh, you know, or people of color, but the entire neighborhood, the entire zip code basically would be, no, as soon as there's two black fans, they'd allow one. But as soon as there was two, that's when redlining would happen for everyone. Anyway, I don't want to get up on that double tangent. 
But I went to school with first-generation suburbanites, everybody's parents, even though it was an upper-middle-class suburb from middle-class Syracuse to upper-middle-class suburban Philly. And again, a lot of my friends, whether it was Bar Mitzvah or Christmas, got way better presents than me, but we didn't give a crap. We all smoked pot and hung out and whatever. But that's, we were all first-generation suburban kids. So everybody's parents had lived in the city. And their politics is all, was all over the place, the parents, you know. And so, but there was a connection. At least, at least you knew you had something, like you're talking about writing about stuff. So if these people went on to be writers, they could say, gee, I remember this one kid who didn't have this. Or when they bust kids into my school, all the kids in the neighborhood where I went to school with, none of those kids, none of them in that neighborhood, which is still there and still intact, and still the richest neighborhood in town. None of them go to public school. They all go to private school now, you know, and it's just, there's, we are way more segregated as a kid. We used to go to areas that have bad neighborhoods, but they had cool travel movies or you at least experienced that. We did, we weren't all, now we have second and third generation suburbanites and you, you write about what you know and they don't know about nothing. So that's what they write and, about. And something that I think uh, to add to what you say is that even if it gets diverse now, racially or whatever, I think in a weird way, and this is kind of paradoxical. Like the the old neighborhood could have had like all white people, but the, the white people would have been from different areas, you know, different um, different parents from different countries, different cities, whatever, whatever. different class levels. Now you'll yeah. have places that will be racially diverse, have women, have different religions, but because of the class and the um, private school background it's actually more homogenous mentally in a surprising way. Like yep. you'll have black, you have black people, Latino people, white people who all are like um, Ivy league bound and working in these places. And there's a sameness to their voice. I, I felt this way with the league of their own. Like they had a uh, quote unquote diverse writing room of all these different women, but you could tell that whether it was the black woman writing or the white woman writing or whatever, it all felt the same because they all kind of had the same type of uh, grooming, the same type of um, breeding. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Class-wise, class-wise, they were very homogenous in a way that uh, their backgrounds, everything was just not very different. They're, Even if their races and ethnicities and genders and all these things and and sexual orientations were more diverse in the past. Yeah. So it's yeah. Yeah, that's hilarious. That's what they were joking about. Right. It's a black woman and a white woman, you know, young girls. And it didn't matter. They were both just valley girls and were totally clueless, but so lovable. Yeah, and great, they, great loved, point. Yeah. You hated to love them. You hated to love these characters, but they were so shallow <laughs> and so vapid. But they were funny. I guess. <laughs> but, but, but you know, it's funny. If they were to reboot that now, they would add a falseness to it because I bet you because the person the white in the writing room now would feel too indicted by that like the black girl in the writing room now that they would find today would be too indicted by the Stacey Dash character. They'd make the Stacey Dash character woke and she'd be lecturing um, the the Alicia Silverstone character about natural hair and intersectionality and there'd be a gay person the gay person would be lecturing people. And yeah, who knew this... Stacey Dash was just like her character, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. They would ruin it now. Suddenly, all the diverse people would be the consciousness of the school. And even though they were like, um, even though they were in the valley and rich and whatever, they would be like 
talk, talking to people about Black Lives Matter and, and you know, teaching uh, Alicia Silverstone's character how to be a better ally. It would just be so false and phony and fake, you know? I totally think that would be the case. And I hope all those folks that did DC Comics, it was a weird kind of dichotomy because I'm just reading about it and they had all this masochism and it got, it was really bad and they actually cleaned it up, which was a, in a way a bad thing. But anyway, they were totally like far left liberal types and they were all about letting people who are nonconformists be accepted. And there's new TV shows. There's one called Route 66. And there's two guys in a Corvette just encountering people yeah, I, or yeah, I, rich people or whatever. And they were always totally, you know, like totally oddball people. Show, Do you remember it? They used to rerun it. They used to rerun it in the eighties. And uh, it was a really good show because it would go to all different walks of life and different yeah. things. And, and do you, yeah, do you think really you agreed it like a lot of the scenes where they would encounter someone that they themselves, you know, they, they were middle class kids, but they were just living life. They were they were doing it on purpose to expose themselves to life. But they'd meet characters that at first they're like, this woman or this guy's crazy. And they wouldn't accept him right away. Or one would accept him and one wouldn't. You know, especially the one guy who, would, you know, was always the soft touch. Oh, we got to go there and help these people out. And they didn't accept him at first, but eventually it was always about these quirky, oddball characters that were a, a little half crazy sometimes, but still had humanity. And they let people be, you know, it was like now, oh we, now we criminalize the homeless and the mentally ill. They were they were they were being they were being lifted up morally and spiritually, ethically. But they didn't hide the fact that, yeah, they're a little bit crazy, they're a little bit off. They don't fit in society, but they're OK. Now we put them in jail. I'm. I'm going to Google, and I bet you there's a Route 66 remake uh, somewhere, a reboot somewhere in the works, because uh, I feel like that's something they would totally reboot. And you know what's crazy? Yeah. If they reboot it now, oh my god, I think it'd be so terrible because they would drive around um, wherever and just be lecturing people all the time. It would be so horrible. I, I just imagine yeah, yeah, yeah. the two guys would Or they'd, be, they'd yeah. be finding yeah. like former homeless or former drug addicts that were all successfully, successful Ivy Leaguers now. It wouldn't be like they wouldn't be yeah. homeless now. They would be the ones that made it. <laughs> yeah, it would be it would be horrible. Uh, Lance, now thanks so much. The queue's getting long, so I'm just going to keep it moving. But as usual, you're welcome to come back up. Uh, we're going to go to uh, Colonel Gaddafi. Oh, and I'm going to disappear for a second because I just realized my charger is not working. So I have to go uh, find another charger for my thing. Uh, yeah, yeah, I can hear you. Uh, if I don't uh, talk for a bit, okay. uh, uh, are you there, right? Because uh, I'm, I'm going to go get a charger. Yeah. Make sure. Okay, cool. Okay, two-part question just to sum it up. One, do you think part of this anxiety they're having where they're constantly like bringing up all this woke stuff, do you think part of the anxiety is – they know that due to the economic conditions of the country around them, that they're not going to be able to reproduce the classes easily. And number two, do you think because of this allow this giant like cultural shift that they can't ignore anymore, do you think we're facing sort of a like pre Hayes Code era of Hollywood? Does that make sense to anybody here? Uh, I don't think so. I think I don't think that. Um, I don't think any brute force instrument like the Hayes Code would even be necessary. I no, mean, no, like, no, no, no. Do I mean like the level of change after Hayes, the Hayes Code got got rid of? You know I what think I mean? That, no, I think that like I, I think that um, art 
and creativity is fundamentally neutered. Like it used to be that uh, movie studios were in the business of making movies because the owners love movies. Like, I mean, they love making money, but they love making money through movies. And now movies are just like an avenue, like a, a uh, they're like a, a, a revenue stream. I don't know that they actually like movies anymore. Well, there's it's a, also well, there's a, oh, sorry, go ahead. Well, there's a part of this I also wanted to like run by Q because Q's smarter than me, all these sort of things. But does it ever feel like, you know, how, like they say that politics has been like a war, a, a quiet war between like finance based money and land based money? Do you think like in Hollywood, the small cultural wars between like Silicon Valley and like the, and like Hollywood yeah. old? Like, you know what I'm trying to say? Like, the old guard, but, like, now they're dealing with, like, an entire industry that could, like, systematically wipe them out. You, you see what I'm trying to say here? I think the fundamental war is between, like... Wars. It, no, the, the fundamental war is between kids who wore polo shirts and kids who thrifted. If that I don't know sense. about the second one. <laughs> no, it, it is, like... I want to hear the explanation out of the second. Where did the second group fit in? I want to hear where they fit in. Because, like, kids who, like, made the right... The kids, dramatic kids who made their identity on storage, thrift clothing, um, were also the ones that kind of, like, Mac wanted... More. <laughs> no, 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 no. Before Don't that, bring that cursed name up. No, no. Kids, kids who, like, what, they wanted to be asked, oh, that's so nice. Where did you get that? Right? Like, they... Their their identity was just through with like, <laughs> no their identity their, their identity was through like always being in the in the course of a performance like a never ending performance but unfortunately like it's it's not those people who run Hollywood anymore the people who run Hollywood were kids that wore like polo shirts with the collar flipped up in high school which goes to my original point I made earlier they're trying to keep they're like trying to consolidate like class narrative like trying to keep it to one classes i don't know about that i think it's more so that uh again they see like they see film as purely a revenue stream no i mean like there's a creative class not the studios i mean like for the people writing the writers oh i see i see it but the thing is like they're all they're all from the same these are all the same kids like they're all they're all from the same like Part of, like they're all kids that flip their collars up, right? Well, I mean um, more like I mean more like the people my age. You know what I'm trying to say here? Okay, I'll, I'll say this. There was a uh, a rumor that I I caught on a YouTube video, like a, a YouTube channel that I watch often, um, that speculated that what Sorry. Kevin Feige is doing with Marvel movies is not so much right, like having a script written. And shooting, um, like shooting the scenes as they are written, but and and having a showrunner that uh, has like a creative vision for where these properties are going to go. Instead, what they do is this thing called uh, scrapbooking, where they'll film like multiple different scenes, and so like for the for the same like beats of the story, they will. Film oh multiple- God, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, oh. and then sort of like and then swap in the ones that they think are best. So oh, story. Yeah, instead of like writing one's story, it's basically like a like a choose your own adventure, and what you're watching is the adventure that Kevin Feige chose. Oh God, it's the hot dog of movies. 
Yeah. So, I mean, like, like hearing that tells me that they're not that interested in the craft of, like, writing good drama. That's, well, that's what the I agree. I agree. I agree. It's just the reason why I agree is because I, I think we all realize you know, on some level that the reason that conf, that they're, like, not interested in, like, making it anymore is because, one, yeah, money, obviously, but two is also, I think they realize, again, as I keep saying, if they bring in other perspectives of different class groups, they will hear something about themselves they will not like. Case in point, I think Spike Lee, even though he does sort of fall within the boule class, he still had enough of a remove from them that he could tell them about themselves with his movies. Does right. anyone... Get anyone agree with me on that one? Well, well, in the beginning, he wasn't really part of that class yet. He kind of married into it. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. That's what I mean. Before he like fully melded in, like yeah, Jungle yeah, Fever. Yeah. Like Jungle Fever came out the year I was born. I'm talking yeah. About yeah. Before he married into it, he was much better. After he married into it, I see the decline. Now he's doing crypto commercials. It's, it's wait, wait, wait. When does the decline begin? What does the decline begin in your book? Because please don't say bamboozled because that's one of my favorite movies. No, no, oh, no, the- no, no. Not bamboozled. No, no. like later, later on. Like, like uh, I can't remember exactly when because I kind of stopped she watching She hate me? She hate me? Is that it? Yeah, yeah, yeah she, hate, she hate me was definitely the start of Oh, even God. Though, even that though, fucking movie. Even though that one was interesting, though. I'll give it, I'll give it uh, that. But because having Anthony the sperm Mackie, Anthony Mackie's face. <laughs> oh, yeah. True. True. Oh, man. But, and but, Terry yeah, Washington. I mean, Wait, is she an MCU or am I thinking somebody else? Yeah, fuck it. She, she's not surprised. ABC hires her. <laughs> I think only because she is not working that much in general. I think she's kind of taking a break. Because uh, I feel like she, if she was working heavy, she would definitely be in the MCU by now. Mm. Also, if Carrie Washington was to be written into the MCU, I shudder to see who they'd give her. Like, because it'd either be Monica Rambeau or like a character we've never heard of. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's so. There's um. That's also why I'm afraid of them doing X Men. That's another thing I'm afraid of them doing. Like, dear God, don't let them do X Men. You know, I feel the first three phases, all that stuff would have been okay, but they've definitely jumped the shark, and I I don't trust them doing anything now. Uh, yeah. at at all, they've definitely yeah. jumped the shark. Jump the shark! They jumped the fucking whale. Yeah. No, they're not doing anything with X Men for a while. Yeah. That's, that's- uh, um, I agree with you 100%. Um, can I ask you a quick question? Um, what does it look like in the caller queue? Because my, my caller queue display is weird. It says Brady is in the queue. Yeah. Oh, yeah, saying that for me, too. He's talking, yes. Okay. Me too. Oh, that's, that's, that's bizarre. Oh, wait, okay, wait. I was just wondering. Brady can also talk. Yeah, so, but the last thing I want to just say... But... Oh, oh, so, so, so Brady, so, so Brady, you, you, so Brady, you can't talk. That's interesting. Okay, cool. Yeah, All right. Well, the thing I want okay, to just cool. leave off is with this, so Brady can get in. Is just this. I am afraid to know not how this is going to continue, but I'm afraid to see how this whole cultural moment, as I keep saying every time, I am afraid to see how this all collapses in real time. Not how. Well, right, right now, right now, how it's going to Right look. now, right now, I'm an accelerationist. I just think we just have to let it just. Get as bad as possible. I want like. But how bad five, can he get? I, I want I, I want five queer, disabled, um, fat, lesbian, uh, trans, teenage mutant ninja turtles, um, who just you know 
fight, but they fight with books. And you know, I like, like I, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted that bad. I, I wanted just. See, the reason I'm afraid of it getting that bad is very simple. I'm afraid that if it gets bad enough, we'll have like. You remember what happened with the 1992 Olympics? I'm afraid of that happening. <laughs> I don't want to say anything. But yeah, Wait, I don't. I, I don't. I don't even remember. You mean, the, you mean the bomb? Was that the one? The yeah, bomb? that's what I'm afraid of it getting oh. to. I'm afraid of it getting to that point because the right wing is getting kind of out of hand. I'm afraid of culturally. Oh, 1996. Thank you for correcting me. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I'm afraid of it getting to that level. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's going to get pretty bad. Come on, because, it seems uh, crazy enough that people mermaid, bomb over like a fucking well, movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna tell you, this mermaid one, I think was was to me the first one, Little Mermaid, where the right wing was really getting as bad as the alarmists were saying. Like people, are really, that's like a million dislikes on YouTube. The the video, it's insane. I saw that and I thought, you know, fuck putting the cops at Joker, put him at the fucking Little Mermaid movie. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah, that's a perfect example. The Joker, I thought, was like a very exaggerated moral panic, and I felt the same way with all these other ones. But this one, man, people, this one really kind. Of, I don't know if it's because yeah, they I like the it. Little Mermaid. I don't know if they like the Little Mermaid, Mermaid that much, or if it's that this is just a straw that brought the camels back. Like it could have been anything, and they just were just so sick of all the other ones that they just kind of uh, this is the one that broke them. I don't know, but. I don't yeah, get how was... people thought Joker was going to be the one that drives everybody crazy. Like, I went to go see Joker in theaters with my dad. Everybody, including me, was I'm high in that sure. fucking theater. See, no one was in the show. I think you go through the metal the fact detector came to see out, Joker. I'm pretty sure that we had said that. Uh... It certainly romanticized people who do. And um, I feel like it was Passion of the Christ for edgelords everywhere. It's a Wait. really unfortunate Batman movie. Um it was terrible i thought it was like one of the wackest pieces of propaganda i've seen in a long time it's really unfortunate how popular it got even on a sexualized level you're talking about joker Joker? yeah oh yeah i didn't didn't like it yeah i didn't like it either i really didn't get but you know what i think it's a matter of cultural illiteracy because i think a lot of people just haven't watched um um king of comedy they haven't watched taxi driver (laughs) They haven't even seen Fight Club, so it's like they think they're really watching something. I think more groundbreaking than it is. Like it's, I thought it was really funny. Because like that was, I mean, that was the thing about Joker that got me was how funny it was. Like I, I, I like I don't know. Like I didn't analyze it politically because I don't like care. Honestly, I'm, I'm just here for the good content. Like I just want to watch a good movie. But like the part where like what was it? Uh, like the the they have like the carnival midget. Uh, and he's trying to escape, but he's too small to like unlatch the door. It's like the Joker has to like come over and unlatch it for him. Oh, that was gold, man. I don't know. That was just me. I think it was, I thought it was a deeply funny movie. I was I was having a good time. Yeah, deeply funny is exactly how I would exp- how I would describe midget jokes. It 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 didn't really even have enough of those moments either to me. I felt like even those. Um, moments were whether you liked them or not weren't that much. I feel like it was kind of self-important. Uh, I mean, exactly. I mean, I agree. Not, I mean, you, I, know I, what, you know, it's no, it's like a, it's a cre- it's a creed occur for a certain type of person. Like, I don't like dismissing the Joker or people who liked it that easily because, like, a lot of people are like, oh, you know, this is like for incels and Azords. No, it's not. I don't. I don't think so. I, I think it was. It's. It's kind of like a. To me, it was like a like in the same vein as Catcher in the Rye, where it's not 
um, trying to make a point about broader society, not trying to make a political point, is basically just a creed occurred, same way that Fight Club was, uh, same way that JT, the taxi driver, was. But but that's what I'm, part of my problem is that I just feel like it's just uh, recycling those movies. I don't think it really had much interesting on its own to say, but I just think a lot of people kind of haven't seen King of Comedy in those movies. So it's like they think they're seeing something um, novel. But it also feels like a degraded version to me because, like, for example, uh, I agree. Like, I didn't like, really like the, the, I thought the midget joke. Was, but to me, the midget joke is something that would come from the creative The Hangover. You know, because he's the creator of The Hangover, and I really thought it was low-hanging fruit comedy there, too. I hated The Hangover, the Asian stuff, and all the weird stuff going on, and I didn't really... And and it's like, I just felt that I'd rather see someone do something Austin, new than, than just do a, kari- ca- do a karaoke. Austin, yeah, Austin Powers was better. Yeah, I would, I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> But this whole mermaid thing, like, when it first happened, I didn't believe that people were actually complaining about it. I figured this was, like, maybe, like, one or two people in the most racist city in America said something, and now the whole internet's blowing up. But then I went on TikTok. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, okay, so crackheads and people who are desperate for attention are, you know, waving this, picking this banner up. In some desperate attempt for human connection. And, um, but, but, but you want to say weird, and I want to ask anybody else on the panel or the audience if they felt this kind of way, is uh, even though I, I personally don't like the idea of, um, you know, trying to chase white icons and, and get, like, white people's sloppy seconds in principle, like, you know, I'm like, the stories about black mermaids and Caribbean mermaids, like, why can't we just adapt a story about, like, a black mermaid? Like, why do we act so grateful and chase and have people crying to get, like, white people's uh, characters' sloppy seconds? But at the same time, when you see all these um, racists saying this stuff, it's like, damn, now I'm being put in a position where I feel like almost... It's like the Obama, when Obama was in office. Like, I'm like, man, I can't stand Obama, but then if he fails, I have to keep hearing about how the black president uh, failed. I mean, I think overall... The net effect is I'm still not really pulling for this movie. I'm not rooting against it either, but I hate that I even have to consider maybe um, defending the movie. Just, just, just like even on me to a degree, some of that marketing uh, starts to work about you know, oh, we, we can't let the chud, we can't let the chuds win. This is a marketing strategy, and I'm not on board. It's, it's almost like yeah. You- Exactly what the outcome was going to be. You're on your own. Have fun. Look, I mean, we, that's what exactly. we really need is, is the white Miss Cleo movie. That's that's <laughs> that, that's going to be. It's a very dated reference. We've done all kinds of we've done all kinds of white movies with white dudes playing roles of other people. That's been a normal thing throughout movie history. Like what you're asking but for has literally been like movie history for the last history of movies so, yeah. but, but, but but that's but that's, but that's part but that's part of the justification they're using uh for this which kind of causes a slippery slope because now are you saying that two wrongs make a right because because it's like um, i've seen people say that like, uh, well, what about no, God's dude, God's like, have yeah. you seen the videos of little black girls watching the trailer for the first time 
I like, find that it's a beautiful thing happening. I think it's great. But here's what's being lost in the conversation is that Disney is doing this as a marketing ploy to A, sell the movie, yeah. and B, to, to clean up their image of why they've been doing all these fucking white fairy tale remakes for decades instead of like delving into more Asian stories or Russian stories or like African stories. African yeah, history the, is rich with so many stories they could be doing about African stories instead they're remaking are, are you saying Dr. Sebi the, the white person could never be Dr. Sebi is that what you're saying the um, um you know I was thinking no I mean like I guess like if if you're doing like a play and you're in a town with all fucking white people and there's no black people who want to play Dr. Sebi anywhere, and then someone can fucking play Dr. Sebi. Yeah, no problems. No big deal. Fucking chill. No. Here's, okay, here's, here's, here's what's up. Like, I think you were on the right track earlier when you were saying that uh, it, is, it is making up for not telling... Uh, because there's, there's, like, all kinds of stories that you can pick up from any number of different cultures, right? Like, I, I don't like... It's not so much that, like, uh, black people are getting... You know the white story sloppy seconds is that there are an incredible number of uh, fairy tales in like the Carib- like from the Caribbean, any number of yeah. fairy tales from like the Southern United States, any number Native of fairy American tales stories. from the African continent. So many, so many Native American stories they could be making movies about. Yeah, that's what I mean. Well, yeah, well, I mean they they tried that and they got Pocahontas, but I'm saying I'm saying like that's that what great. they could be doing, stuff. and in, instead, like rather than us exploring our own stories. We have to race bend ourselves into like typically white roles. I don't Dude, like it. It, it, it means say. that like rather than try to explore our own history, we have to rehash already existing and already known European history, and it limits the kind of storytelling that we can do. Pocahontas was obviously the hottest Disney princess. I'm just gonna say. It. <laughs> <laughs> What what well, thing? She's, she's, she's only with the head lips. We'll say that she's only with the head lips. <laughs> yeah. What what one thing I, oh, I, I disagree on? Yeah, I don't really find the videos of those black girls crying over the Little Mermaid like beautiful. Like, I find it because first I think yeah, yeah I I I think they're a, that's their parents putting that's like stage mom stuff to me. I think it's up there with those those libs who. Claim so you think those children kid? are faking their excitement is what you're saying. Those children are being trained to fake that excitement. I think they're I think a couple of things. I think either they're being trained to do it or they're not even conscious. Like I I think kids pick up on what the parents are into and pleasing their parents. And I think they might even be unconsciously picking up their parents' investment in this. Because cause these kids they didn't grow up with Ariel really. If they and if they did, it's like they're like four years old. Like it's just one of many yeah, like, videos. I'll, I'll tell you now. I've got twin four-year-olds, and so like they have, <clears throat> they have like Frozen backpacks and puzzle games. Frozen is their favorite movie, right? But they also like Moana. They like uh, what's it called? Wreck It Ralph. Like that's one of their favorite movies also. And so when they saw the the, the uh, trailer for Little Mermaid, there was like there was just no reaction. There's, there's, I mean, they were happy that the little bear was coming out. They want to go see it, but like, did they? They didn't say anything about little bear being black. I don't think my daughters really even understand anything about them being different than they, other kids. 
That's the way I feel, especially because visually she doesn't look like Hallie. They made her look so white. When I first saw the thing, I thought it was a white girl. I didn't realize that that was uh, Hallie from Chloe and Hallie. Then, then when I look closer, I'm like, oh, wait a minute, the hair is dreads. I'm like, okay, I can kind of see the lips now. But they washed her out. She does not. She looks almost like biracial. They they deracinated her to me first off. But yeah. the other thing is, even if the kids say were that generally excited, say they weren't picking up some kind of weird energy from their parents or whatever. That would depress me even more. Like, you're that defeated, like, four years old, that you're crying or that excited just to see. Like, you've already you've already so seen yourself as inferior and, and unwanted at four already that you're this happy to see a black character on TV. Like, what's happened to you in the first four years that has made you absorb that much like to me i'll be that would depress me if it's if it's real i wouldn't be having my heart warmed at all like i understand getting in your 20s and 30s and being that jaded but um for a four-year-old kid to need representation that bad like because because to me they always say uh if you can see it you can achieve it but kids that young they do see it and achieve it because they just usually see themselves as human so it's like they see Superman flying and they're like, hey, I can see it. I can achieve it because to them, like it takes to me years of kind it's of not, like, you it's know. It's not until you get into your like your double digit age before that stuff even starts to occur to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like getting your wake up call where it's like, okay, I'm not the same as this white guy. I'm not the same as this. There's things stacked against me, but you know. At, at that age, you are seeing and achieving it because you you just think you know it's it's if, if you see someone throw a football and you're like four years old, you don't think hey was that person white or yes, black? I can throw like, football hey, too, yeah, I, yeah, look, yeah, in, yeah. So that I'm that, that my, wouldn't warm my heart yeah. at all if it was true. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, in my twenties and I'm and I you know and I'm thinking and I'm white and I'm just thinking about white Miss Cleo. I'm I'm crying right now. So you know I think that I think there's something to be said here. <laughs> I I wonder how many people even know Miss Cleo. Really. I feel like Miss Cleo is, a, is a, that's a psyche that's a psyche hotline lady, right? Yeah, oh, she rules. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't yeah. like. I barely. <laughs> I, I only heard about her really like secondhand because I don't know when. That she, is, the, she's the only astrologist I would ever listen to. Oh yeah, dude, she was great, man. Like she rocked. She's like every astrologer since then. Astro- is it an astrologist or an astrologer? Astrologer, I guess. Jeez. Um, oh, yeah, uh, no, like she. She was the best. She was like it, it's it's all been downhill from here. We've given like we you know we we've tried to give it to like the worst kind of like female wizard, and it's it's the Gwyneth Paltrow version. It's terrible. Like yeah, like no, we need to find we need to find better astrologers. They're all they're all kind of bad. I'm gonna be honest. I'm putting my hat out though. I I, I feel like uh, if if there's an I would never listen to an astrologer who's written for uh, Exo Jane or Bitch magazine, and unfortunately, they all have at this point. Yeah, no, like, just there's no. Here's the thing: Miss Cleo had presence. You know what I mean? Like, she was she she had like an aesthetic, and she just went for it. You know, and like, but an actual like mystery aesthetic. Whereas now, like, I feel like yeah, a fake a fake most... Jamaican, somebody we call a Obia lady. Wait, is she was she not even like from the Caribbean or like? No, she was a she she, <laughs> no, she, she, was, she was a Jafakian, a Rasta impasta, whatever you want to call her. But yeah, she where, was. Oh god, where was she from? I need to figure out who the, where the where was she oh, born? Probably, probably like a 
Oh, she's born in L.A., yes. Oh, my okay. God. This I was going to say, like, like, probably like the Midwest somewhere, but yeah, okay. Oh. Yeah, it would have been better if she was from, like, Altoona, Pennsylvania. <laughs> like, <laughs> that would have been really awesome. I would have I would have had to been, like, I think less of her because she's from L.A. and is doing it, but, like, if she was from, like, at, like, like Youngstown, Ohio, I would have been like, okay, well, <laughs> like, come on. Come on now. You got you to gotta give her that. But, yeah, no, like. Some someone yeah. said she, someone said she understood the assignment. Yeah, I guess she did. She she, she got the assignment. Yeah, she like cause that's the thing. She she picked an aesthetic and went for it. But now like the what is the aesthetic that like astrologers pick? It's like like type A Jewish lady from like New Jersey or and or no, like, like, it's like, 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 Gen Z black woman. Like, if you're like a Gen Z black woman, like you are exact astrology. They're all they all like I love I love astrology. Yeah, and the tarot cards. The tarot cards are hugely popular now. Oh yeah. See, no. Like yeah. I said, we need to pick. We need to pick an aesthetic of like an an actual like magician from like northern Italy in like fourteen hundred. That like that's an aesthetic you can go with. Like, oh yeah, like I'm just trying to, like, like you you have like a call in psychic show. And it, like, but you you can believe that like right before that they were like using like calf's urine to like try to make gold out of lead. That's the that's the aesthetic you need to really sell it. I think. Anyway, this is very off topic. So yeah, let's end it with uh, let's end it with Gio and and, and Kobe Gaddafi and think uh, yeah because I think we're going with two hours right? Is it two hours yet? I'm I'm about ready to, to wrap it up. So yeah, so go ahead, Gio. Yeah, so I, I was gonna talk about like this whole about like this whole class of like these media types who, who from like rich rich parents and whatnot. Like, have you guys like seen in the comedy scene where like literally every single comedian is like is like a is like a fell daughter, fell son of like of, of the Ivy League of, of the Ivy Leagues. And they want like now they want like do comedy and, and and then write and like you see them you see them all, all over Twitter like that's like that, that's the new thing like oh, all the comedians are oh big time big time it's, yeah it's become like this kind of uh, especially comedy for some reason like I remember the big way this is this is my theory on that is that I think at um the big way before uh, up until like the two uh, thousands to break into being a public intellectual was to be a uh, a uh, writer, either of either nonfiction or of um, you know uh, literature, literary fiction, and I think with the start of John Stewart and then Stephen Colbert, at some point, comedians became the new public intellectuals, and then a lot of people who kind of just wanted to break into being um, you know um, public intellectuals and you know celebrity writers and stuff, instead of trying to do like a the Great American Novel or you know the um some great nonfiction um polemic they all just started you, you know it's kind of like uh for ivy leagues there's always like some kind of new trendy thing to put on your uh, application package and at one point for whatever reason it became uh cellos it used to be pianos then for some reason it became community service then it became cellos like you had to play a cello so these had a bunch of people who it's like uh, the parents were like, okay, so checklist, you got to do do a cello, and you had just a whole army of people who could play cello, um, who didn't care about cello. They just did it to get into the schools. And I think 
comedy writing became that way for I believe people who want to break into entertainment as public intellectuals. It's like, okay, we have to, uh, these people were never class clowns. They were never funny growing up. They never were anyone that anyone who grew up with them would remember. Yeah, that person was pretty funny. If anything, they were usually the person that would raise their hand when the class clown was acting up and snitch on them and, and complain that they're keeping them from learning or whatever. And, and, you know, it's, they have a hall monitor energy and they're trying to be comedy writers and it's just not, working but i mean that's my theory on where it comes from i just think since john stewart and stephen colbert there's been come a new respectability to kind of like how q said acting wasn't respectable um but then it became cool like comedy was not respectable longer than uh acting but suddenly uh with a certain type of uh with a john oliver samantha b hassan minaj um you know all these children of that type of um you know, even George Carlin in his day, like like he's gotten rehabbed a lot, but people still kind of thought he was a kind of crazy slob um, well into like the 90s. You know, like it's so respectable now to be a, um, a smart comedian. I say smart in scare quotes that it's what everyone is trying. Well, like, like when I look at Z-Way, I feel like I don't really feel like you're someone who's really passionate about comedy. You just did learn the assignment this is how to break in this is the easiest way to do it this is what everyone's doing so i'm going to become a a comedian yeah like they was like the the new like thought leader but before he was canceled they was was like thought to be like the public intellectual and whatnot we just throw Nicholas me but like anyway but that was that was his thing before he got canceled he was the, the big public intellectual guy and then you know yeah. But, but I think but I think I think I think even Chappelle, he um his his early humor was smart, but it was still kind of lowbrow when it needed to be um lowbrow. Like like there was no sense his humor was saving the world. And that's when I just think got really obnoxious when people just start acting like Jon Stewart was saving the world and people were just like, um, you know, whoever thought a comedian would be the truth teller that we need that's gonna save the country. You know, and he's there being sanctimonious on Crossfire. Like, I hate that Crossfire skit. It's so sanctimonious. Like, just go away. Like, you know, uh, you're lecturing them, and everyone's like, "We who knew we needed it? Like, and that rally to Truth and Sandy is when they really started enjoying the smell of their own farts. Like, they got so into the, their own hype. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember that one, but that was, I think, the, the low point where I really... Uh, calcified or, or metastasized that new idea of the um comedian is like the highest form of um intellectual provocateur that you could have well i mean think about it like this yeah it might not have been very funny but you know have things you know i think that we restored a lot of sanity in 2010 and i you know i don't think you can take that away from them i, I think things have gotten more sane since 2010 when the rally to restore sanity uh came on so you know i i think that yeah like we can't you know can you really say that they were at fault can you i I guess history is gonna let us know like we have to see it's too soon we have to wait maybe in the year 3000 they'll be in history textbooks like you know the world almost went insane except for this one there's one rally. It'll be taught like 1066 Magna Carta. Yeah, like, I mean, have can that you much staying power. What would have ha- how much more insane would things be if that didn't happen? You know how scary that is. 
For sure. Uh, Karthik always shows up at the end. <laughs> okay, so you know what? I'm going to let Karthik be, be the last one because I don't want to give him the shaft uh, twice in a row. So uh, we're going to have um, Kova Kadapi, but uh, you're going to have to be... Um, we have the last two people uh, quick, so we're going to try to do sixty minutes. Uh, so six, not sixty minutes, sixty seconds. Uh, a person. So, uh, Colonel Kovacadapi, you get um, a minute, and then Karthik will get will get a minute as well. I'm, I'm trying I think there's one part of this whole thing of all the stuff we're talking about that kind of we see in She-Hulk that doesn't get talked about. Has it ever? Does it anyone ever want to like talk about how weird this generation of writers treats sex? Not even just within the Me Too context, just even within just like consensual stuff for women. Because like with She-Hulk, I don't even need to go down the list. Do we have to? The way they talk about her sex life, whatever it comes up. Ugh. Anyway, it's also full of double standards. Because what she did was kind of rapey. I mean, she kind of catfished somebody. And then she just picked them up and took them to the bedroom without asking consent. And it was just very... I gotta uh, be honest, bizarre. I would have gladly went along with that, but that's the Adam Friedland in me talking. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think a lot of people would, but I think in principle it's still... I mean, a lot of people would glad, gladly go with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio somewhere, but if they just had him doing something rapey, he would still in principle, you know, be uh, kind of rapey. It's very... It's very the show's full of weird double standards, like, you know, and I think it's... Um, you know, I agree, I agree, because I think I think the way they saw that scene in their head was like on The Simpsons, when it's like Marge fantasizing, like, hi, I'm Lee Majors, would you like to go with me? Okay. <laughs> they think it's like that. But I've said my piece, let's get on to the last person. Well, good night, and Karthik, you are you are the last person, so... So did you guys see uh, She-Hulk episode 5 yet? Uh, yeah, you know, I gotta say, it was highly cinematic, and I just couldn't believe that uh, we're living in an age where we get to see this, and yeah, I'm a better person for it. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think She-Hulk is better than uh, Citizen Kane, for sure, 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah, I mean, you know what, uh, when Shakespeare uh, came about, you know, Shakespeare, James Baldwin... Uh, all types of people, it was all building up to this cultural moment, you know, they were all like the John the Baptist, you know, leading up to, um, you know, this main player. I, I Jessica Gao, Jesus, J-E-S, uh, there's a lot of similarity there. Yeah, she, she has a messianic quality to her to her writing. She's gonna save it all. What is with the elevator music in the background? That is crazy. You have like a little soundtrack. Oh no, no, that's not me smooching. playing it. Um, I can't say where I. It's hard to explain where I am right now. Okay, but, uh, it's like you're you're in a lounge with like one of those piano players, you know? Oh no, yeah, like, I, I'm playing piano. You know, I'm trying to uh, find <laughs> ways uh, to uh, you know. <laughs> romance girls you know I'm, I'm trying to learn from She-Hulk but I'm not as oh, okay. as she is okay. so you know I have to find different ways I, I thought you were I thought you were the, the Regal Beagle it was a very very obscure reference from like Three's Company like you know like a very, very lounge lizard oh, vibe going on no, with the no. <laughs> background I, I, I'm just making uh, re- She-Hulk references but seriously though um, like do you think that like Disney just doesn't care anymore because like they're making like so much projects they're pretty much and because of like Goodwill they're pretty much just like printing money at this point because like I I don't know how this stuff is being like like uh, released. I, 
I think I think they care. They just overestimate how much goodwill they have. Like, trust me, once these like um, rookie untalented writers fuck it up enough that suddenly it's not a license to print money, um, they're gonna start. They're gonna start caring because um, the new jobs oh, okay. are gonna be on the line. Uh, th- that's that's my thought. I I think they just really overestimated how much the goodwill could carry. I think they just thought as long as we have, you know, uh, the Marvel formula and the IP, people will take a trained monkey uh, banging on keys as, as a screenplay and just just be happy. And I don't think it's gonna work. None of these new people are anywhere near as char- charismatic as um, what do you call it, Robert Downey Jr. or. Chadwick Boseman or yeah, um, I like Captain America a lot. Yeah, yeah, Cap- Captain America. Yeah, uh, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, yeah, like, n- none of these people are gonna. Uh, you know, you know, it's weird with She-Hulk. That woman actually is a good actress, like an orphan black. Yeah, she's yeah, really... I-, I like her. Like, I have nothing. I have no problem with her. I think she yeah. personally is great. She's really good at playing different, wildly different personalities, and they put her in a She-Hulk show where. The She-Hulk and Jennifer are both boring. Like, like they're supposed to have different personalities, even though they're the same person. Uh, she's more sassy and outgoing and headstrong and whatever when she's She-Hulk and mousy when she's Jen. And to get the orphan black lady who can play like 10 different people very easily, like she did in that show. Okay, you have to mute because that, that elevator music is <laughs> so distracting. <laughs> You're offended by my great piano skills? Yeah, it's just it's, it's very. I feel, I feel like I need to scat while I'm talking when I when I hear that. <laughs> okay, cool. Uh, yeah, yeah. To, to have her just play the same boring Jessica Gao analog in both forms, I think is a real waste. And yeah, that's all. That's all I have to say. You know, so, I've heard uh, from some people that like that like the new writers and people that like are writing like these shows, like whether it's like Kenobi, like all the modern Disney plushes, like she all can like you know whatever. Other shows I miss, like some people are saying that, like on YouTube, but like I've and, I've, and these people are probably wrong, but they're saying like I've heard a lot of people that like, oh, they don't really understand the source material, or they don't care about the fans, or they don't understand whatever you want to say. Um, they're just doing it to like push their uh, uh, ideology, and like I have no idea if that's true, but like there has to be like some reason why like like the quality has dropped so much so quickly. Uh, I don't think so much their ideology. I think. They're kind of narcissistic and they're individualistic. Oh, yeah, makes sense. And, and they're pushing themselves, but they're pushing themselves under the guise of ideology because it's a way to make it bulletproof. As in, if if it's, they just come in and say, "Hey, I just want to write about myself, and I want to put myself in this. I want to have a show. I'm a fat black gay guy uh, with three legs, and I want to put a fat black gay guy with three legs in this thing." Uh, People are gonna be like, okay, you're being very self-centered. But if it's like, hey, we need representation for black, differently abled, gay people. I'm doing this for everybody, but the everybody I'm doing this for just happens to all uh, fit my fit me. But that's just a coincidence. It's not about me. It's about you know the the kids. You know, then so I think a lot of like this wokeness is not really about the progressivism because there's always been progressive stuff. It's that they're using the group to kind of smuggle in their own, you know, in like, for, for example, um, if, if I was writing stuff and I just kept putting like a uh, six foot one Haitian guy in everything 
that I put, you know, and his name was Forever, you know, and I just kept doing that. Then I would look like, you know, so know. narcissistic. Yeah, I would, look, I would look terribly narcissistic. But if I was like, uh, just talking about um, Haitian issues and everything I wrote, but I wasn't explicitly, transparently, like, you know, making a one for one for me, I can still get uh, reflected glory from that. Anyway, you know what I mean? Like, um, it's yeah. still gonna reflect on me, and, and that, so I think I hear the you. collective. I think the collective politics is really just a disguised individual politics because it's too transparent to just mm-hmm. blatantly put a Mary Sue that is that is your name, like 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 you know she can't. Yeah. yeah so th- that's that's my guess. Well, I'm if I say anything more, think. I'll probably be called sexist, so I'm gonna stop. But all last thing I'll say is, you know, <laughs> okay. I, I have high hopes. For Ant Man uh, three, Ant Man uh, Quantum Mania, whatever it's called, I'm very excited. I love Ant Man. I love Paul Rudd, and I'm very excited for Secret <laughs> Wars and Kang Dynasty and uh, Sonia Rudy. I I love you guys. Please don't Ant-Man. mock me next time we talk. <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, take take care. I appreciate it. Uh, last thing I'll say about Ant Man three, Quantum Mania, as well as um, the Avengers Kang Dynasty, is that. They have just been announced to be written by yet another Rick and Morty writer. So I am not uh, excited. One more Rick and Morty writer has been added to the queue of Rick and Morty writers. It was announced this week that um, the sixth Rick and Morty writer uh, in the Rick and Morty to Marvel pipeline uh, has been announced. They, they gave him the Avengers so, and Quantumania. So, yeah, I'm not. Peyton Reed, the director of the Ant-Man movies, I like. But the screenplay, I'm not excited about. And that's that's all I gotta say. Any final thoughts from the speakers? Oh, <laughs> you're sleeping. Thank you. This, the hearing Rick and Morty put you to sleep again. I, actually, actually, is he really sleeping? I thought he was just. I think doing he might actually I think he might... be like. <laughs> How do you un- unmute and sleep? Yeah, yeah. I think he's sleeping. I thought he was doing it. <laughs> Yeah, okay. We had to mute him. This that is, is too funny. This is this is dad mode. <laughs> yeah, that is very unprecedented. That is hilarious. But you know it's funny though. I thought he was muted. So he I think he unmuted <laughs> maybe he was unmuted the whole time, but I could just he unmuted just just to start snoring. That is too funny. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, I thought for a minute he was doing a bit, but no. <laughs> yeah, oh well there, there we go. He said uh he actually he fell asleep last week too, because uh for people who were here last week uh, I signed off without him. He was just quiet. <laughs> he didn't unmute for like the last hour. They told me later he fell asleep. So yeah, but we didn't get to. Ki- he fell asleep uh, muted at least. So yeah. All right. Well, the the timing is perfect because we were ending anyway. So uh, yeah, everyone, thanks for uh, joining us. Uh, always appreciate y'all. And for people who who listen anonymously, because there's 65 people who are listening on the browser who aren't signed in, please make an account and listen signed in. It definitely helps our metrics it helps us um big time when the people look at the um stats for the show who are in charge of calling so yeah it takes 10 seconds to do but it's really appreciated and you know to make an account and you know listen signed in in the future and everybody have a good night love y'all thanks rory uh good night q and Take um yeah so there's something called cum guzzler but it's uh I mean the name is already not encouraging but we're past time anyway so uh cum guzzler <laughs> come come next time if you're not a troll and um you can you can join us then all right take care uh, uh.